Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend a few minutes focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Ray, an employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. And you can catch up with all of our series, keep up with all our regular releases by doing those subscribing and following things. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Today, we are joined by Harry, Callum and Izzy. Can you each tell me a little bit more about yourself, what you studied and where you chose to study abroad? Let's start with Harry. Hello, so I'm Harry. I am a former Exeter student. And on my year abroad, I went to Sciences Po Grenoble in France and I did politics and international relations at Exeter. So yeah, very brief summary of me. What about you, Izzy? So I am a fourth year uh, history student at the University of Exeter. Um, and so I did history and study abroad. Uh, and I went to Yonsei University in South Korea uh, on my year abroad. Um, and I'm also now studying Korean as well as part of my degree. Uh, so I have with proficiency on Korean in my degree as well. Did you learn Korean, Izzy, before you went to Korea or is this a brand new thing for your final year? Uh, so I took the beginners course in second year uh, through the Foreign Language Centre um, in the kind of hopes that I would be going on my year abroad to Korea as that was my top choice. Um, and then I've continued with the Foreign Language Centre uh, in my final year. So I'm on the intermediate stage now, but I also did a bit of learning whilst I was out there, of course. Um, so my language learning journey through kind of Exeter and through my year abroad has kind of been on an upward trail, which is nice to see. Thanks, Izzy and Callum. Hello, I'm Callum and I studied abroad at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro in America. Thank you. And can you tell me why you chose to study abroad and why in particular you picked your host university? Um, so, Harry? So I chose to study abroad because I, from the minute I chose to come to the University of Exeter, I was on the study abroad programme. I really wanted the opportunity to study abroad. Um, I wanted to make new friends, I wanted to travel, I wanted to learn languages and it really tied into my degree programme because I was in international relations. So yeah, that's why I wanted to study abroad and I ended up at Sciences Po Grenoble because it was a very competitive process and I think it was my fourth or fifth choice but obviously it wouldn't change where I was allocated at all. Izzy, why did you choose um, your host university? Well, I chose to study at Yonsei because um, with my history degree I've done a lot of kind of Korean history and East Asian history um, and it was somewhere that I really wanted to explore a bit further because to me kind of the culture was just kind of really interesting so um, Korea was my top choice and I was very fortunate to get that uh, Yonsei University was my top choice I mean but yeah I kind of wanted to go somewhere that I felt was kind of um, inaccessible when I wasn't doing a study abroad course so to be able to kind of go halfway across the world and then live there for a year um, that's kind of an opportunity I don't think I would be able to kind of have if I didn't do it through a study abroad program. Um, and Callum why did you choose where you chose to study? Uh, I mean I'd love to say that I had as amazing reasons as everyone else. Mine was I kind of from the beginning I was like I wanted to study abroad and that would be great uh, and then when I looked at the options of places to study abroad I kind of went with whichever was warmest um, I was mainly looking at hey the weather I want that to be nice 
And I mean, it was really competitive for like the American places, because obviously everyone wants to study abroad, especially in America and stuff like that. And so it was just kind of good luck that I managed to get uh, my top choice, which was the most far south and the warmest place I could possibly find. I want to talk about languages as we've slightly touched upon it already um, with Izzy and Harry going to places that aren't English native speaking. Um, Izzy, how did you find, you know, you, you studied Korean at Exeter for a little bit before you went. How did you find that language barrier? Or was it a barrier, in fact? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a certain level of kind of barrier in the sense that um, people were kind of apprehensive to use English and I would be quite apprehensive to use Korean because it's very different being in a classroom to kind of being in the actual country. But I actually found that the language barrier wasn't so difficult. I mean, Korean people have an incredible base level of English anyway. Um, they just be a little bit apprehensive to use it. Um, but I felt that kind of taking the language classes before going out there gave me just a little bit of confidence to know that, you know, I could read the street signs or I could ask for a coffee or I could ask for directions. And that really enhanced my experience, not just because it meant that I could kind of uh, be self-sufficient um, and not feel like I was a tourist. Um, but also, I think people really appreciated um, kind of you trying with the language. Um, and so I had a lot kind of more genuine interactions with people, even if my language level wasn't so good. In Korea, they do this thing called like service. So if they kind of like you as a customer, they'll give you lots of like free food and drinks and stuff. And that happened quite a lot just because they could see that I was making an effort with the language. So, yeah, I'd encourage everybody to kind of learn the language of their host country, even if it's just kind of uh, the basics. Harry, for you, did you know any French before you went? Had you taken GCSE? Um, how did you cope with the French sort of divide? Were you taught in English? Yeah, so similar to Izzy, I did not go out speaking much French whatsoever. So I did a French GCSE and that was many, many years ago. So the bits of French I remember remembered were not that helpful. Um, yeah, but yeah, I was taught in English, so I kind of had the best of both worlds in the fact that I was immersed in French society, French culture by being in France, but then I was taught in English, so I didn't have the sort of um, strenuous academic experience of being taught in a second language. I mean, at first, not knowing French was quite difficult. It, it's just the culture shock of being everywhere and not being able to understand what people are saying, like on public transport. Um, not understanding the signs, not understanding what's happening, but you very quickly learn to adapt to it. I mean, the thing that threw me off the most, to be honest, was being on the tram and not understanding people's conversations. It might sound really weird, but it really throws you that you, you just can't understand anything. Um, you can feel quite isolated, but you very quickly overcome that and you learn little phrases here and there. So like even going food shopping, you, like in the self-service, I learned cut or espèce the card or change and I didn't know that before so that became a very quick phrase to learn um but yeah I, I would say very quickly adapt and you learn those little phrases and sort of things and but a lot of my friends were English speakers and wanted to improve their English so yeah I think I had the best of both worlds really. Have you used any of your French or any of the language skills that you've learned since returning from your year abroad? Yes yeah, so actually it was quite funny because when I was in France, not French especially, but German. So while I was in France, I did a German course. I did Intermediate 2 German, 
which I didn't really think through that I was going to be sitting that in a class of French speakers. So because my German was a lot stronger than my French, wanted to keep that up while I was full of like language, like I was in that experience anyway. I thought it'd be a really good experience to um, improve my German. And I was sat in a German class where I thought it would all be taught in German because it's a high level. No, it was taught in French with all the French speakers. So he'd have to explain things to me in German and refused to speak any English, even though French speakers would use English words for German and say, no, that's English. Very complicated English words as well, but he didn't speak English. Um, so yeah, my German improved actually because of how um, stressful that situation was. And yeah, my French definitely improved and I've used it since in I taught, um, I did um, classes in Exeter and in my postgraduate. So yeah, I've continued working on my French and just um, listening to French um, music and stuff. So yes, it's there. It's a bit rusty, but it is still there. That's awesome. I love that. Talon, did you take any like cool modules whilst you were abroad that you might not have necessarily been able to take at your home university? Yeah, I mean... I mainly because I was always told and recommended by like the academics uh, before going take courses that you're not going to be able to do here like absolutely do that because it's an experience so I did one on the history of North Carolina which fun history because obviously southern state in the civil war lots of great fun there but I mean the one that always has stood out to me was um, I did one on the history of West Africa during the slave trade. And that actually led to me doing my dissertation topic uh, for history, because I then spoke to that professor and was like, I'm really interested in this, talk to me about it. And it led to me doing my dissertation overall for my actual degree. So it was, if I hadn't have gone on a study abroad, I wouldn't have found that kind of end point, And I probably would have done something very different overall with my degree and everything like that which is weird when you think about I love that you're able to do that I think study abroad is good in that sense it really helps you just take a year off almost from what you have to do at Exeter and choose what you want to do instead sometimes and really explore um, perhaps studying in the US with a bigger university you've got those options um Izzy do you have any tips for any future study abroad students on maybe choosing their modules abroad was there any module that stood out for you yeah well I was kind of similar to Callum in the sense that um, I was kind of encouraged to take a lot of different modules so because I do history um, in Korea they don't really have an equivalent of kind of history degree they just call it liberal arts so within that I got to do things like media communications Um, philosophy, psychology, Korean political history, uh, North Korean history. So it was kind of the same as Callum in the sense that I got uh, kind of a lot of options. Um, And I would really recommend that kind of take as many of those different options as you can, obviously within reasonable limits to make sure you're matching your kind of study abroad requirements. Um, But I think it did kind of broaden my horizons in the sense that it's opened up my degree now to be kind of more interdisciplinary. And yeah, I guess I would just recommend for people to maybe choose um, your timetable carefully. So for instance, I took a lot 
kind of more classes in my first term because it was winter and it got darker sooner and everyone it was quite cold in Korea so we all kind of stayed inside whereas in the summer term I took a lot less classes because I wanted to be able to go out and to go travel and stuff and that kind of worked really well for me um so I kind of just say like look ahead um and try to kind of plan your timetable wisely depending on kind of what you want to do but um you know choose the courses that are the most interesting to you what are your top tips for study abroad students? My top tip for a study abroad student would be to really make the most of the opportunity you've got. Let go of your inhibitions a little bit and really just throw yourself into it because it's a year of your life where you won't have another year of your life like it again. You've got a chance to restart all new people, all new places, all new experiences. Um, you can sort of take from it what you can. And even in reference to the modules question, um, like this was something that I really just took myself beyond my limits. Um, so we in the Sciences Po is in Grenoble, so it was in the Alps. So we had the chance, one of our modules was snow sports. Um, so we got credits for going and doing snow sports on a Monday morning. And I had never done snow sports before, probably never will again. But I'm glad I got the opportunity to do it while I was there and it was a discounted rate and it was such a like great experience to bond with all the other students. So, yeah, that's just like a little example of like really just throw yourself into it. Do something you never thought you'd have done before um, because you might not do it again. And Callum, same question to you. What are your top tips for study abroad students? Mine is always, and it sounds really redundant, but actually make friends with people. Because I know so many people who went on study abroad and either they just spent their entire time sat in their room and they didn't really interact outside of going to class and coming back home, or they only ever made friends with other international students. And it's like, that's great as well, because you're meeting other people from all around. But, you know, I made sure to try and make friends with like about five people in every single class I was in. and. Americans especially are very, very friendly people and very much like to talk to someone with a different accent to them. So it's like, just make friends, just get people that you know, uh, because that led to me then being like, hey, you live down by the beach in South Carolina. I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with you. Hey, you have a lake house. I'm going to chill with you for a bit. And it's finding those links to then actually be able to do more cool things when you're studying abroad. It's really important. Was it your first Thanksgiving in America? It was my first Thanksgiving in America, yeah. Um, How was it your was, first real American Thanksgiving? It was weird. I mean, as I said, I was staying at a person's house, they brought their family over, and I'm just this kind of awkward British guy just being like, sure, I'll have food. It's very sweet, all of the food really sweet like lots of sugar pumpkin pie is just sugar like I, that's why Americans love it so much um but it was fun you know I spent it like down by the beach but also on a lake so it was just really nice nice views really relaxing yeah confusing lots of very happy Americans to see a, a weird British guy you love it Amazing. And Izzy, what about you? What are your top tips for any study abroad students? Um, well, it sounds very cliche, but just say yes to as many things as possible. So I would kind of 
before my year abroad, abroad, I would consider myself kind of a reserved person in the sense that I just did what I liked and I, I liked what I knew and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but when I was there, I just made sure to kind of say yes to everything, even if I didn't really feel like it. So especially in the first couple of weeks, saying yes to going out to dinner with people, saying yes to go and walk around the town, like see different parts, go on trips. And even if I kind of wasn't feeling it before doing it afterwards, it was always worth it. And actually, some of the best moments I had on my year abroad were kind of those spontaneous um, decisions that I made just to do something. Um, and it's kind of jumping off what Callum said, like, make sure you just talk to people because everyone on study abroad is in the same uh, situation. Everyone's kind of a bit lonely, maybe looking for friends. And it really made the process a lot less isolating when you got to new people in your class or in your situation. Um, and it kind of opens up possibilities to then travel further. So I'm actually going to Denmark and the USA this year because I may kind of made friends with people from there and potentially heading back to Korea next year as well. Um, so, you know, the relationships and kind of connections you make can be lasting uh, and beneficial to you in the future. So, yeah, just kind of give everything a go because, you know, like Harry said, it's kind of your one chance. Say yes was the piece of advice that I received when I arrived on my year abroad. And I still think it's one of the best bits of advice because I you're homesick sometimes but you want to call your friends back home and actually you know throw yourself in say yes is a great way to combat that sort of culture shock um, and that homesickness at the start of your year abroad um what did you learn from your experiences with this society in France Harry talk about your society in France um so yeah while I was in Exeter I oh maybe something like how did you make friends <laughs> in your year abroad Harry um so while I was in Exeter and before Exeter, I was part of ballroom dancing societies. So um, that became like part of how I made friends in Exeter. And um, I got like a really good community from that in Exeter. And I really enjoyed my experience with that. So when I was in Grenoble, I was slightly disappointed, for, disappointed to find out that there was no such equivalent. Um, so because I was in a, quite a small university, there was like 120 internationals and we made up the whole year group. Um, and I was like we all sort of knew each other as well. I sort of branched the idea out and they knew I did ballroom dancing. I was like, oh, would anybody be interested? And some of them had come up to me and been like, oh, can you teach me more of the times? I love it, it's so elegant. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, so I had a brave moment because it was such a small university. I went up to the um, head of international students. I was like, look, I really would like to put on a few classes, like maybe make it a society. And she's like, yes. And she really supported me through the idea. So me and her worked together sort of set something up we went through their version of the student guild um, and got it set up really quickly um, and then the next week I was starting the first classes and I had a really good turnout considering it was 120 international students I think I had 30 shops like a quarter of the year <laughs> coming to these ballroom classes and it was literally just in a like tutorial room so I got to just like teach them something that I loved and get them to start loving it and I like because you have to have a partner. I made them switch partners every so often. Everybody's getting to talk to each other. Sometimes everybody's talking to each other so much you couldn't hear the music, which was great. I loved it because everybody was making friends. And um, yeah, I did that all through the first semester and a bit into the second semester as well. So that was a really good experience. So if there is something that you love doing and that you're used to doing at your home university, if it doesn't exist at your university you go to, reach out to somebody, make it happen because they'll love the internationals are getting involved. 
And it actually like really helped me get in contact with different people in the university. I ended up in a promotional video for the university. So yeah, just put yourself out there and make something happen. Callum, what did you learn from your experience abroad? Has it impacted any um, career decisions? Have you been able to use your experiences in interviews, for example? Um, how has that impacted your future? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd hope it is impacted my future. Um, while I was out there, I actually kind of uh, helped out with a couple of like beach cleans and and like litter picking stuff, and that kind of made me because I've always been like very into environmental stuff, and then doing that, I kind of leaned more into the environmental side of it. So then, when I graduated with my degree in history I then went yeah I'll do a master's because by this point COVID hit and I was like I'm not going to find a job so I'll do a master's and I did it in environmental humanities kind of leaning even further into this whole environmentalism thing that I kind of grew while I was out there um, but yeah and then getting a job yeah it, it was very important for me to kind of lean on my experience as like, look, I, I'm independent. I can do this. You know, I can go out and travel and live alone in a different country where theoretically, yeah, I speak the same language, but very different culture. So I'm, you know, it's that kind of resilience that it really shows of studying abroad. You've got to be very, very good at doing that and actually being able to go. Yeah, I'm fine. I can keep going and I can just I know that I'm going to be able to make it in order to fully study and therefore helps in a job. Thank you. And Izzy, for you as a final year student now coming up to graduation, what did you learn from your experience? What are you taking from your year abroad um, going forward into your future studies and future life? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess the kind of skills you gain on a year abroad are kind of unquantifiable in the sense that I think I changed quite a lot um, from the person I was before. And I'd say that biggest change was really confidence. Um, so because it can be quite daunting to you know, move to the other side of the world and like figure out how to kind of adapt to a new culture. Um, but once you've done that, you'll feel like you can really do anything. And especially, you know, going abroad during COVID and stuff. Um, I don't think I'll ever have as many kind of like bureaucratic issues and things like that ever again well I hope not but so I think you know those times where I had to think on my feet um, and kind of become good at problem solving those have really aided me now I mean getting this kind of SCP internship um, that was something I could do because I you know went on my year abroad and then kind of wanted to get more involved with study abroad experience and I think more generally the kind of study abroad has really just opened up my worldview and showing me that there's so many options out there um, so I think before studying abroad, I was kind of considering the usual options, like maybe just a grad scheme or getting work experience at a local company. But now I'm kind of more open to exploring work that would take me abroad um, that could I could maybe do like remote and kind of work anywhere in the world. I'm also like considering doing a master's abroad next year. So it's kind of just um, like I don't think I would have had the confidence to like explore these options if I didn't go abroad. Um, and kind of knowing and uh, making connections with people, um, it just kind of shows you that the world's your oyster. Yeah, I guess I don't really have any set plans yet, but in a way that's kind of a nice thing because I'm just open to a lot of different things. So um, yeah, I think study abroad's really helped me just uh, appreciate all the options that are out there. 
I'm going to sort of close off now. Has anyone got anything that they wanted to say but haven't been able to say? I was going to say, just kind of jumping off of, of uh, Harry's thing about uh, ballroom dancing and stuff, is like you can make friends in a variety of ways. And so obviously Harry set up a society. I didn't, but I kind of, I've, I play card games a lot and like board games and stuff. So I basically just invited a bunch of random people that I've met either other international students or like other American students. And I was like, hey, just swing by my flat and, you know, got all of my roommates involved. And we just basically hosted like little board game nights and people would bring food over and snacks. And it was just like a, like everyone come over and just chill and just vibe for a night kind of thing. And like, you can get people involved in a number of ways. Like mine wasn't quite official. I didn't get university approval or anything like that, but it was just like a swing by and we'll play card games until the early hours of the night until people get annoyed at us because we should be sleeping on a Wednesday evening. Please go to bed. And like, it was that kind of thing of just find something that you're good at and find somebody else that might want to enjoy doing that. Yeah, and I would just jump off that and say, um, just because you're on your year abroad, it doesn't mean that you're completely divorced from everything happening at Exeter. So I continued because I did grand challenges in my second year and that project that I developed continued. So I was still able to be part of that team and work on kind of social media and stuff whilst I was on my year abroad. And that kind of made me feel connected to people back home as well. Um, so I was still kind of getting involved in kind of digital ways with societies and things that I'd been involved in. So it doesn't have to just mean that you're leaving your old life behind for a year or a semester. Like you can still get involved with things back home as well, which is quite nice. I think based on that, that's like really important is that as, as, or as much as it is you're away and you're doing this whole new thing, you're not completely getting rid of everything. And as Izzy said, there's so many digital ways to do it now. So as much as I was doing this new society and all these new things, I was still had connections to my old society. I was helping them do stuff online. People are coming and visiting. Like you can still make the most of both worlds. You don't have to completely shut yourself away from it. And based on what Callum was saying, there is so many different places you can find friends on year abroad. It's not as much like at your host university where you sort of throw in with people in the flat and they become your friends or maybe like course people you can just meet people out and about and like do you want to go for a coffee or like as Callum said you can really just have the initiative to host nights yourself like you can make friends really really quickly um it's just about knowing where to look and making the most any opportunity that comes towards you. everyone wants to do something it just takes that one person to say do you want to go and get a coffee um and that can really help um settle especially Anyone anything they want to say? What was your biggest takeaway from a year abroad? What did you enjoy the most of a year abroad? Like, what's your fondest memory of it? I think my fondest memory is the travelling opportunities that I was given. I had never really been on holiday. Um, we did a lot of UK holidays as a family. And I'd never really had that urge to interrail or go abroad before. Um, but as my year abroad was compulsory, I was thrown into that situation and I think the opportunities I think in my between January and June I don't think I spent one weekend in Cologne which is where I did my year abroad I was traveling I was going off there were cheap rail fares cheap flights and I just had the best time traveling and you can't always do that once you go into um, 
the real world once you have a full-time job and family. Um, so that was a real great opportunity to be able to do that. This was the Career Zone podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. You can find this series on iTunes and Spotify, so do subscribe and follow us to keep up with our regular releases. And we would love to hear from you, so if there is something on your mind, then share your thoughts or questions on Instagram at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone or Twitter at UOE Careers. Hashtag Career Zone Podcast and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes. Finally, of course, you can find out more information about all the support we offer at exeter.ac.uk slash careers.